Here's one I think, oh yeah, yeah, here's a short one from Malcolm. A question I forgot to ask in our session, with awareness of awareness being so nebulous and difficult to, f I don't think it's nebulous. I don't think it's nebulous. In fact, I, I thought I would say this tomorrow morning, but since the question came up, I'll say it now. And that is on our whole spectrum of shamatha, from the infirmary and then through the different stages, three stages of mindfulness of breathing, the settling the mind, and then these multiple stages of awareness of awareness. I've certainly give you, led you to believe that there's a whole gradient here from coarse to subtle. I stand by that. I don't take it back. On the one hand. On the other hand, right with it where you are without moving your body, let's just spend a few seconds. Just don't do anything else. Just stop. Stop moving. Stop moving. Put the pen down. Mugila. <laughs> oh, yeah. So let's just stop, and for just seconds, not minutes. Just be aware of awareness, and I'll rephrase that in two ways. Be aware of being awake as, as opposed to deep sleep. Be aware of being alive as opposed to dead. And just rest there being aware of your own cognizance. Okay. In the practice itself, there's nothing nebulous. But now, I'll show you how nebulous it is. This is also going to be seconds. Um, let's all just take a good look at this, our white, kind of probably marble, I presume, or the stone Buddha, Buddha image here. Just take a good look at it. Mostly the face. Just look at the face. Okay. Pretty well imprinted. It's simple. Just has the shade, shades of whitish gray. Okay, that's enough. And you can see the top notch. The Ushnisha, long ears, serene expression. Okay, that's enough. Now just close your eyes and bring that image to mind and hold it as constantly as you can. The image may have been clear. Some of you have strong, uh, how do you say, visualizing abilities because of profession, natural inclination, gifts. Others, much less. I know some people that say they can't visualize at all, just nothing comes to mind. So there's a lot of a wide gradient there, just in terms of what we bring to the practice, let alone what happens in the course of practice. So for some of you, what came to mind during those 10 seconds or so might have been a relatively clear image. For some, it might have kind of flickered in and out. For some, it might have been quite vague. It's possible for some of you, maybe nothing much came up at all. Whatever happened, happened. The practice wasn't nebulous. The image might have been nebulous. But that's just because the mind is nebulous, not because the method is. And likewise, an awareness of awareness. At times, it may, like the, like the, the image of the Buddha, 
get a bit vague or faint or not quite sure, it's not because the method is nebulous, it's just the mind has become nebulous. And that same nebulous mind can, can be, have a, neg, a nebulous approach to the breath, to settling the mind in its natural state, to anything else, to having a conversation, to reading a book. And you read a page and, what was that page again? You kind of hovered in and out of it. So, what I was getting at though in the Course to Subtle, and that is this practice can be in fact at least as relaxing as the infirmary. Full body awareness, supine position, totally resting, breathing out. You know, you know the drill, resting in the earth element. And in that infirmary, your awareness is resting in the field of the body and it's held by the earth. So it's got, a, it's got a, this earthy quality, a contained quality that it's in the field of the body and it's tactile. It's very embodied, embodied. And in that groundedness, that can be very relaxing very soothing, and especially as you breathe out and you come into the earth, breathing out and out, very relaxing. It can also get a bit tedious, it can get a bit heavy, it can get a bit muddy, get dull, and none of those are relaxing, right? So it all depends on the quality of awareness you bring to it. Now, on the contrary, here we're starting at that end of the spectrum, now we go to the other end of the spectrum. What's the, what's the marathon, the long-term method for awareness of awareness? Noah, what's the practice you'll be doing then for weeks, months, until you achieve shamatha? Yeah, just aware of awareness. That is, we're not going in and out, you're not going out, your eyes are not going left, right and center, you're not doing all the bells and whistles, it's just boom, just awareness of awareness, or to rephrase, but it's a, good, it's a perfectly good answer, resting in the sheer luminosity and the sheer cognizance of experience. That's it. And then you just do that, right? Well, in doing that, you're just not, you're really per, almost doing nothing at all. I mean, you're, you're not extending your awareness to attend to anything, so there's no vector, there's no rope from your awareness to the object over yonder. Right? Not to the breath, not to mental images, not to a Buddha image, not to anything. The rope is, is coiled in like a, like a fishing line. You, and then, oh, nowhere to go, huh? Okay. And there you are, you're already aware. So you don't have to say, okay, now I'm going to do it. Before you say, I'm going to do it, it's already there. This is food that was already on the plate. And that is awareness is already happening, so you just have to stop doing everything else. And that means don't give effort to doing anything else and just come home and stay there. So in a way, this can be the most relaxing, it's the most soothing. And you may find it, and some people do and some people don't, you might find it helpful as you're breathing out to have that, just that expansiveness coming out into, out into space. Out into space, but gently sustaining the awareness of awareness taking place. And then the withdrawal, as you breathe in, the withdrawal right into, that is, away from all appearances and just into the utter simplicity of just knowing, knowing, and breathing out into space, releasing all thoughts. Any thoughts that come up, don't exert yourself. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't, have, I, I don't want to exert enough effort to sustain this thought. And just release it, you know. I'm, I'm too lazy. Here, for, are you, I'm a bit lazy myself, actually. So I hope, I hope I'm not the only one here. You're a bit lazy, aren't you, Daniel? A little bit, on occasion. So Daniel and I are buddies. We're lazy on occasion. So here's for the lazy people amongst us, like Daniel and me. 
when the thought comes up, I'm just too lazy to give any effort to that. <laughs> I can't be bothered. That's too much work to have that obsessive compulsive thing. Oh, it's so tiring. I just, I want to rest. <sighs> right? That's how effortless this is. It's really, really easy. Just breathe out, release it, right? And so both ends of the spectrum can be really, really relaxed, loose, at ease. So the practice isn't nebulous, but our approach to it may be. Difficult to fixate, ooh, there's a nasty verb, on what, fixate on what is stability developed. Well, that's because you're not fixating on anything with respect to which you develop stability. This is really discovery. I'm glad you phrased it this way so I can really punch the question. Um, this one, of all the practice of shamatha, and there are many, as you know, there are dozens, uh, this one, of all the methods, is the one that is most purely a developmental model, discovery model, discovery model. And that is awareness by nature is still. When it gets hooked up with grasping, there's a sense of movement. So release all the grasping to any appearances at all, even attention to any interest in the contents of the mind. You even release any grasping or interest or attention to space. Oh, space, too much effort. <sighs> I don't want to attend to space. I have to look over there. I don't want to look over there. I just want to stay here. I'm too lazy to go over there. I just want to stay here. So, you're, so this one, you're really throwing the baby out with the bath water, right? And that is, you throw the appearances out, you throw the grasping out, you just throw it all out. And said, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just too lazy. I want the lazy man's approach to shamatha. I want shamatha to be served up on a dish. I don't want to achieve it. I'm too tired. I'm too lazy to achieve anything. I just want it delivered to me at my door. and discover through the lack of grasping, the awareness by nature is still. And then as you rest in that, and I remember so clearly what Gyanlam Rinpoche told me when he was giving me the quintessential teachings on this. He said, when you first do it, it's not that the method is nebulous, but the awareness of consciousness will be nebulous. Not so clear, not so sparkling, radiantly discerning. But it's not because it's such a subtle practice, how clear was your image of the Buddha? Probably not so clear. That's because the mind is not so clear. So, when you're just resting there, he said, at, at the beginning, you won't have a very clear awareness, a radiantly you know, sparkling ascertainment of the, the, of the defining characteristics of awareness. But you'll know that you're doing it. That is, you should have that confidence. I'm elaborating a little bit here. But you should have that confidence, okay, I'm not taking an interest in anything else. I am taking an interest in being aware. And I know I'm aware. That is, I, and I, can, I can throw out the personal pronoun. I know awareness is happening. That's the one thing I really know right now. So you're doing it right. That's it. You're doing it right. I'm not taking an interest in anything else. I am flowing in the knowing that knowing is taking place. You're doing it right. That's all you need to do. 
And I just want to impress that on you, whether it's settling the mind, mindfulness of breathing, whatever the method is, simply know when you're doing it correctly and be content. Because it's so easy to be doing it correctly and then have false expectations and then have uncertainty and confusion that it's kind of like we're just sitting there and say, oh, I'm doing perfectly. I think I need to screw up my practice. Maybe I can become confused and find some uncertainty. You know, what can I, how, can I, how can I clutter up my practice? <laughs> so don't clutter up the practice on anything. Know when you're doing it correctly and be content. Maybe this is the quintessential reason why among the inner causes, the prerequisites for achieving shamatha, are having contentment and few desires. It's not only contentment with the quality of food, your clothing, your lodging, and all of that. It's not only having few desires that you don't wish they had foods that we don't have, you don't wish that we had you know, more internet access, and so forth and so on. When you really come right down to the, 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 the essence of it, having contentment, and what does that mean? Having contentment means being content with what you already have, across the boards, and having few desires, and having few desires means that you are not desiring what you don't have. So two sides of one coin, but it's just like loving kindness and compassion, two sides of caring. But let's just do it again. Contentment, that you are aware of what you do have, and you're content with it. Having few desires, you're aware of what you don't have, but you don't desire it. But you're just right there. Well, now let's just, now let's just trim back this back to the essence. And boy, it doesn't get any more essential than just resting in awareness of awareness. I'm doing it correctly. I'm aware of awareness. I'd like for it to be clearer but all in good time. I'd like for all the senses to implode right now. I'd like to just go directly from stage minus one to seven. But that doesn't happen. But I'm doing the method correctly right now. And I'm content with that. I know I'm doing it correctly. And I'm content with that. And for the time being, I won't desire anything more. I won't desire to be on stage two, three, seven, nine, ten whatever it may be. I won't desire that right now. I, I'm, I'm too busy to have other desires. That's a distraction. That's simply junk. Right now, I'm just going to do the practice. And I'm, I'm going to be content knowing I'm doing it correctly. And I'm not going to desire to be anywhere, that, anywhere else than I am right now. It's by, doing, it's by doing the practice correctly in the moment that you achieve shamatha. You don't achieve shamatha simply by having a lot of desire. And you certainly don't achieve it by always wishing you were further ahead than you are. Because that's just a, just a distraction. So, this is a very nicely phrased question. And so what happens when you're doing correctly is then over time you more and more simply discover the innate stillness is the best word now. Necha. Stillness and stability. It can be translated as both. Stillness and stability. Necha. Nebecha. Oh. And as you're resting it and you're really releasing grasping, then you see in the absence of grasping, you see what's left over is still. In the absence of grasping, what's left over of you, of your awareness, it's still. It's by nature still. It's not being yanked around. When it's not being yanked around, it's still. 
And then as you rest there in first relaxation, releasing the effort of going elsewhere, out of that release, discovering the stillness that is innate to awareness itself, stably, that is continuously, abiding in that flow of effortlessness, of releasing the effort of thoughts, of distractions and so forth, effortlessly releasing that, releasing that, so you maintain an ongoing flow of ease, of looseness, of relaxation. Out of that naturally comes more of a flow of stability, of continuity. And in that flow you discover the stillness that is now unveiled in the absence of grasping. And out of that stillness, out of that flow of stable, coherent attention, then gradually, like a, rather like a long exposure photograph, where if you can watch it, you would see the image getting clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer as more photons come in, right? Then the innate luminosity of your own awareness shines forth more and more more clearly until you'll feel, as Michel gave a very nice analogy for this, until you feel as if you've simply become like a light bulb. That is you, that is your very presence here, is simply illumination. Illuminating all else, but it is simply illumination. And you're discovering the luminosity that is innate to your own consciousness, you're discovering the cognizance that is a salient feature of your own consciousness. And you're on a straight line to the substrate consciousness. So it's discovering stability and vividness. Vividness being synonymous with luminosity.